Hello and welcome to episode 10 of 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey. I'm now 20% towards the goal of interviewing 50 interesting women who are over 50 years of age to learn about their lives and what lessons they have for us all. And today I am welcoming Hilary Seabrook to the show. She's a professional saxophonist who was part of Paul Weller's Style Council in the 80s. Now she's a podcaster and a writer for hire. Her fifth decade had a terrible start when at her 50th birthday party she had an accident which left her injured. This was followed by surgeries and a cancer diagnosis and then years of treatment. In this interview, Hillary explains her recent name change and how, as she approaches her 60th birthday, she's optimistic and excited for a future filled with potential as she takes on some new creative projects. Let's start talking about, with a chat about your name change. Right. Yeah, that was quite exciting because I suddenly thought, why am I still Hillary Robertson when actually I was Hillary Seabrook for 30 years, well, 29 years. Yes. I then got married and thought, oh, well, I'll just change my name and become Hillary Robertson. I quite like the sound of it. I got divorced 20 years ago. Yes. And I kept the name Robertson because it made sense for the children for us all to be Robertsons. Yes. And then it's just hung on, really. And I've recently started a new relationship. And that's the point at which being Robertson just didn't make any sense. I totally hear you on this. I had a very similar situation where I was a previous, his last name was Richards. Again, easy to spell. You don't have to spell it when you got a first name like Sherry Lynn. It's nice to have an easy to spell last name. And my daughters were both Richards. And then I actually naively suggested to current hubby, who I've been married to for 29 years, when we were getting married, I thought, I think, I said, I think I'm just going to keep the name Richards. It's the same as the girls and it's easy to spell. And he said, Oh, I'm okay with that, of course, but you have to explain to my mother why you have a different man's name. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. And in that instant, I was like, oh God, he's right. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I did decide to change my name to his. And so I've been Sherry Lynn Starkey ever since. But uh, yeah. Why did you wait the 20 years? I don't know. I think it was, first of all, it was because of the children. And then once they had left school, gone to university and that sort of thing, and it it really didn't matter much, I just couldn't be bothered to change. And there was no reason to change. Right, right. Okay. And then. Actually, another reason why I wanted to go back to my maiden name was that father died in March. And it was one of my moments of sadness that I wasn't a Seabrook like him and like my mother, my brother. And that's sort of been festering in my brain a little. And then when I started this new relationship, I just thought, actually, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. The one person that I was bothered about telling was my ex-husband because my I knew my children would be okay with it. Right. And I thought out of courtesy, I will just speak to him. Right. And I sent him a message saying, hi, just to let you know, I've decided I'm going to go back to Seabrook. It's no reflection on you. It's just what feels right at the moment. And his response was, well, you've always been Hillary Seabrook to me. Oh, that's nice. Isn't it? 
nice that you are able to maintain positive relations after a divorce. Not yeah. all of us have been able to do that. <laughs> no, and, and I do appreciate he he's not the man I want to marry, but he's not that bad. He's... Okay. okay. <laughs> Tell me about your 50th birthday. What, what did you do? Oh, my 50th birthday was... It was a lovely birthday. During the day, I met a friend for lunch. I did some shopping. And, and among the shopping that I did was in the January sales, I bought this amazing pair of beautiful shoes with a very high heel. And I thought they'll be perfect for my party tonight. Went home, got changed, put these shoes on, went to the local pub that I'd already arranged to have my party at my 50th birthday party and I went in and everyone said wow you look amazing the shoes are great you know I just had a, the best party it was just an amazing party and then just as people were starting to leave I came around the corner and I'm convinced I wasn't that drunk I don't <laughs> think the drink made me fell over Sorry, the drink didn't make me fall over, but it certainly made me fall less <laughs> less elegantly. Right. And right. I smashed my shoulder. Oh my god. Yeah. And and also had a had a huge egg on my, the side of my forehead where I'd literally gone sideways and hit the floor. Oh my goodness. And yes, it was very bad. I it was a very serious break of my shoulder. Which then eventually, when the shoulder healed, when the bone healed, I then got, what's it called? I then got frozen shoulder. Oh, no. In that shoulder, in my left shoulder, which spreads to my right, which apparently it does sometimes. Eventually, a year or so later, I had to have both arms operated on. Oh, my goodness. What It was a age. <laughs> I, absolutely. It was, and, and actually, partly because I was then on stupid painkillers and all sorts of things I stopped drinking but it was also partly because I felt like well I've done it I've I've celebrated my 50th birthday in style with falling and smashing my shoulder it doesn't get any better than that so I'm just not going to drink anymore I haven't had a drink in 10 years oh okay yeah but you miss it not at all oh, I don't okay. I really don't miss it at all okay no but the good thing that came out of all of this was that I had to have all sorts of scans when I broke my shoulder. I can't remember why. I think they were worried that I'd broken the rib as well. Anyway, I had all these scans done. And a couple of months later, I was feeling very sick and just wasn't right. Went to my GP and, and having been obviously to my GP backwards and forwards because of the arm and everything else. And he said, oh, I'm just going to send you for a scan of your stomach just to see if there's anything wrong. And they found on the outside of my stomach, inside me, but on the outside of the stomach oh. hanging down. And by comparing it to the scan that I'd had in January, they were able to see that it had grown and they were able to measure how much it had grown as they realized this was something serious. Whereas otherwise, I think they might have just left it. Oh, my. It was a good thing that I had that scan done in January because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to compare it and see mm -hmm. what was wrong. And it actually ended up being cancer and I had it operated on and then had it operated on again 
three years later. I've had a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a, my fifties have not been fantastic. But oh my goodness. And how are you now? I'm, I'm great now. I'm really, really good. I had four years of really being quite unwell, but I've had more than five of actually being all right. So okay. yeah, I head into my sixties really fit and healthy, you know. And did these shoulder injuries impact your ability to play music? Yes. I didn't play for, well, the best part of six or seven years. And then, of course, it was lockdown. So although I could play, there was no one to play with. It has been difficult. But I've been lucky because my my other the other string to my bow is writing i was able to do that at the same time i've i've been very lucky really you still have the creative outlet but yeah. i think i think you must have really missed making music right oh incredibly yeah i just i there's something about when you have something wrong with your stomach especially something i mean it was this was it was serious for 3 years the you don't have any energy you don't have any ability to perform, to stay out late, to do any of those things. I just couldn't mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. It's only really now coming back after that and then lockdown. So, yeah. Thank goodness. And are you playing again now? I am. I'm playing in a couple of bands around and about just sort of just to practice, really. But then I've got this really exciting musical project that. I'm, we've started a little bit of, but we're really going to start properly in January, which is with an old friend of mine who, so I need to explain really, because I played sax with Paul Weller in the Style Council. Yes. In the early eighties. And while I was playing with the band, there was a called Barbara, who was a good friend of mine and we played together and it was lovely. And then when we left, a new sax player and trumpeter came in and Billy was the sax player and the trumpeter was a guy called Stuart, who I got on really well with, but I didn't know him at that time. We've only met subsequently, completely by chance, literally bumped into each other and just started talking and we thought, well, let's do something together. So we've got this jazz thing starting. We're not really sure where it's going. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be quite exciting. We've done two demos so far, two demo tracks. And I really like what we're doing. It's exciting. That is exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. You're ending your 50s really on a, a note of optimism and, and full of hope for a fun future. Yeah, I'm entering my 60s full of excitement. And my 50s have been a real, how do I put it? They've been, there's been a sense of me becoming me through all of the illness that I had and the, the changes in my life. I have become me, which I think is marked by at 59, changing my name back to my maiden name. Yeah. So yes. I'm, my sixties are going to be great. I've decided. Fantastic. What advice would you give your 30 year old self? Live more. Enjoy what you're doing more. I think 
don't sweat the small stuff that it's a it's a cliche but it's a cliche for a reason which is that actually just let some things go were you with the style council when you were 30 no that was when i was 20 and 21 Mm. yeah i feel like paul weller and the style council have have a personal impact on me delaying my marriage to my current husband for a number of years because big music fan, especially in my younger years, and especially of kind of the new wave and the British invasion type music. And and what I knew of England was what I saw in music videos. So Style Council, The Jam, Sex Pistols, what I saw did not excite me. <laughs> like it looked, looked like there was never any sun. It was raining all the time. It was super urban and people weren't very happy or having fun. And so the first time he asked me to marry him, I was like, I'm not going to live in England. No. <laughs> no. And so we eventually did get around to it. He did talk me into it. And I moved over there in 1993. But I think the first time he asked me to marry him was like 1988, I think. Maybe, maybe 89. And no, I really like, I was surprised when I moved to England and it was, you know, not misty all the time <laughs> no we, we've had a sunshine wait the sun does shine here sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah but all those videos of the era that was all kind of doom and gloom you know and, yeah. yeah yeah i feel like paul's kind of opened it up since then to a lot more kind of optimistic view of the of his country yeah from those days for sure you're doing some music right now for fun but i know that you're also podcasting Tell me a little bit yeah. about the podcast. So Harmonious World, it's called. It's a podcast where I interview musicians and they are from any genre. When I started, I thought, well, I used to love, I, well, I still love classical music, but I used to study it and I love jazz. Let's interview people, whether they're classical or jazz. And I've found since then that actually I'm just interviewing musicians no matter what genre they are mm-hmm. and it's been amazing i have i started in may of 2020 with the intention of just getting people to explain what it is that makes them tick and makes their music what it is and obviously when we started i was asking people a lot about what they were doing through lockdown and how their lives have changed. And what I'm finding now is there's a huge optimism about the music business and, and the music that people are making. There are so many great musicians making great music. It's just extraordinary. The reason it's called Harmonious World actually is quite interesting because I heard a quote from Quincy Jones, who I, I love everything Quincy Jones has ever done. And he said, imagine what a harmonious world it would be if everyone shared a little of what they're good at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I thought that's perfect. I'm going to call my podcast Harmonious World. And that's how I frame it when I'm talking to people. It's just what, what can you bring to the world that makes it a little better? That's it. And how many musicians have you interviewed so far? Well, I'm on episode 132 now, but some of them have been duplicates. I've got four or five people who are, who I've interviewed a couple of times because 
they've had new albums out. They've done different things. And, and how did you get interested in podcasting? It started about three, three and a, three and a half years ago doing a little radio show on a, a local radio station, just a community station, which right. sadly is no more. But I suddenly realized that I actually quite enjoy it. And I quite enjoy the the interviewing people like this, like as mm. we're doing now, mm-hmm. just talking face to face. And and I started doing that, as I say, on the radio show, the radio station. And then I thought, actually, a podcast gives me a little more control than the radio station did. And it also, it's a bit, you hold your own feet to the fire because I have to find the guests. I, mm. I have PR agencies that, that I work with and that sort of thing. But I have to decide who I'm going to interview and schedule it and all of that, so I, which I really enjoy. So, yeah, it's good. Yes, I really love podcasting too, as you can tell. And I feel like there's going to be nothing but growth for podcasting. I know like one of the things that you've discovered is how many doors it opens for you, like how many relationships, how many new people that you get to meet and make contact and have like a real relationship with, right? That's one of the things Absolutely. I love about it. Yeah, for sure. And actually, one of the things that I've found is that I'm now, as we've, as we've moved out of lockdown and gigs are starting up again, for instance, I'm able to go to gigs and, and meet the people that I've interviewed online before. Yes. And I'm doing some of my podcasts now as live interviews, which has its own challenges, obviously, in terms of sound and that sort yes, of thing. Yes, yes. So, but it is, it's, it's really nice. It's a great thing. Let's move on to the quick round then. Uh, yeah. so what are you reading, watching, binging? What are you doing these days? Um, I'm part of a book club, which means that every month we read a different book. And I can't remember the name of the book we're reading at the moment. That's the problem, actually. When you read so many books, it's hard to keep them in your head. Sorry. I was going to say, tell me about the book club. What what made you decide to join one? I just love, re- I just love reading books and, and to have a different selection of books all the time really works for me one book that I have read recently which I've really enjoyed is there's an actor called David Harewood who is he's a very famous British actor and he's worked in Hollywood and done all sorts of things but he's suffered from mental health issues and his autobiography is amazing I read that and really enjoyed that particular what role would we know him for um, do you know what? I can't remember. He's one of those British actors that you just see in lots of different things. I'll look it up later and I'll put something yeah. in the show yeah. for that. <laughs> okay. And are you involved in kind of community volunteering or, or anything charitable like that? Yes. I'm, I'm part of a, an organization called Hitchin Creative. And what we do is we act as a central hub for people in Hitchin who are creative. The idea being that we share contacts, we share ideas, we share inspiration, we share frustrations about being creative. And we, yeah, and the idea is to try and promote Hitchin as a creative place because it is a very creative town. There's a lot of creative people who live here. 
well, it's so commutable to London, and yeah. and, and I feel like they're they're making movies and TV shows and stuff in Hitchin now too, as using it yeah. as backdrop, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I saw something on Netflix. I was like, just a second, I've shopped in that store. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay, is there an app that you couldn't live without? Do you know what? No, I, I'm. I'm one of those people. I love my phone. I'm on my phone all the time. I've got an iPad. I'm on my Mac. I, you know, I love technology and I love all the things that it can give me, but I also love being in the real world. One of, one of the, my favorite parts of the day is walking my dog in the morning without anything, without even looking at my phone for ages and just being able to switch off. I like using the tech for what it can do, but I also like switching it off. Well, I think that you just answered my next question, which is, what is your life hack? It sounds like it must be turning the phone off. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with our audience? I think as I'm ending my 50s, and obviously a lot of your audience are perhaps starting their 50s and a, and a bit anxious about it, I'd say embrace it. I'd say my 50s, although... I've had cancer twice. I've had my shoulder operations. I've had all sorts of things that have gone wrong. I've still loved being 50. Okay. Do you have any gigs coming up? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm all just, right. I'm waiting for this massive project to start in okay. January. And our intention is to start gigging with that probably in the summer. All right. And I will have links to all your socials in the show notes so that our listeners can find you and follow you. Thank you very much. Episode 10 is a wrap and I'm already one fifth of the way on this project. This has been 50 Women Over 50, a podcast for women whose personal confidence is born of experience. Thank you to professional musician Hilary Seabrook for joining me today and sharing so generously the highs and lows and the learnings of her fifth decade. Her optimism about life as she turns 60 is an inspiration to us all. I've put links in the show notes to Hillary's podcasts and socials, along with links to the books, organizations, and other stuff we discuss on the show. And I'm really excited for the next few interviews I've got lined up, and I hope you will join me. These include a woman with a successful career in the building trades, a sex therapist, and a woman living with HIV. So don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the 50 Women Over 50 podcast now. And if you have a second, please drop me a rating or a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect and create a whole community of wise women over 50 by sharing a link to the show with your friends and connections. See you next time on 50 Women Over 50. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey.